Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome home to the No Parents Podcast. Each week, I share my recovery story of losing both of my parents to help others normalize their thoughts on grief. Hello, and welcome home to the No Parents Podcast. My name is Elise Parkinson. I am your host. Today's episode is going to be about grief in movies, which is an episode that you guys have all been waiting a very long time for. Um, I wanted to record this episode like three weeks ago, but told myself that I'm going to wait till next week, and then I'm going to wait until next week, and now this week is the week, and it's here. Um, I kind of wasn't looking forward to recording it because grief in movies can be so painful to relive, and I think that A lot of people don't always realize that it really does feel like you are reliving grief when you're watching a movie about death or dying or something that you're missing or something that hits home to you. Um, I never really realized how much it affected me, really, until I started to want to actually avoid movies. And this is something that I've talked about in previous episodes where you're just kind of watching a movie, you mind in your own business. And all of a sudden, you see something on the screen, and you kind of feel your chest, you're like, and you feel your chest tighten up, and you're kind of like, you realize you're holding your breath, and you're just like, oh man, this movie, like, this is reminding me of that thing in that time in my life, and I'm like, oh my god, or maybe you just miss someone so much, and there's a loss in the movie, and you're just like... (laughs) And you're like, I'm not crying, you're crying. Like, you know, you you just, like, have this emotional reaction. So I want to talk about these movies. Um, I'm going to be talking about Midsummer, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, La La Land, and The Parent Trap because they all hit me in a different way. And I think they're movies a lot of people have seen. Um, Midsummer, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So if you have not seen Midsummer and you're grieving... I don't recommend it ever. (laughs) Like, I would never recommend that. But if you are one of the unfortunate people that has been grieving and happened to watch that movie, like, oh my god, like, wow. So, Midsummer is about a girl, and I'm not really reading the movie because you figured this out in the first, like, three minutes of the movie, but this girl loses her mom and her dad and her whole family, really, And she's, like, fighting with her boyfriend, and she's always, like, leaning on him for family crap and just leaning on him constantly for support. And so just from the beginning of that movie with her needing him so much, I had this anxiety of, like, shit, like, what if I'm like that? Like, what if I'm constantly, like, can you help me? Can you be there for me? Like, am I too much? Am I annoying? Like, Just that whole experience of feeling inconvenient, like having your fears of needing someone validated um, on the other end of being inconvenient, if that makes sense. Like she, her boyfriend perceived her as being inconvenient and wanted to break up with her because she was struggling so much. And then that was before her parents died. And then after they died, oh my God, like she was crying so hard and, um, her grief was so real. Like, just watching her on screen, I felt like I was watching myself. And I used to do this thing where, um, so when I was a kid, my mom wasn't around, like, a whole lot. And so there's so many movies that I've never seen. Like, I wasn't, like, a going-to-the-movie-all-the-time kind of kid. Like, I didn't have anyone to take me to the movies. Um, 
my stepdad, when we moved into his house, he literally had a black and white TV when people had flat screen TVs. So, like, it had a dial on it and the little antennas on the top, and my mom's like, look, like, we gotta get satellite in here. So, that's when I went from, like, channels 1 through 79 to having, like, 3,000 channels, and I started watching movies. Like, I had HBO Max, I had some Dish Network that never worked when there was a storm, but, like, I had movies, and I started to watch them. Um, and... You know, a lot of my friends are, like, huge movie critics, and they're like, oh my god, don't you remember that one movie? And I'm like, no, I don't remember literally anything from life, because, like, trauma. Anyway, I never had a TV. Like, I didn't watch movies. No, I had a TV. I just didn't watch movies. But, okay, ADD. Moving forward, um, I have always been the kind of person that when my friends are like, want to go see a movie, I'm like, sure. And they're like, did you watch the trailer? And I'm like, no, I don't like to watch the trailer because sometimes the trailer just gives away the whole movie and I feel like I've seen the whole movie, so I don't want to watch it. So that was the case for Midsummer, And I really wish I watched the trailer and said I don't want to go because I remember sitting in the movie and it was like first five minutes and I was like, whole fuck. I need to get out of here. And I thought in my head, I was like, I should just go sit in the lobby and just like sit there. Like, but I didn't want to, I don't want to like, you know, I didn't want to be annoying and I didn't want to like ruin the movie for my boyfriend because he feels like he has to be like, where's Elise? Where'd she go? Or like, and I don't want all of our six friends we were with to be like, are you okay? Oh my God. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, where were you? Like what? I just don't like causing that kind of attention towards myself. And I, and This was before I started to just be like, hey, this movie is not good for me. I'm going to not watch this, you know? This was, like, while I was still fighting with myself about, like, having boundaries for my grief and protecting myself. So I sat there and I watched this whole movie and, oh my god, like, when we drove home, I was bawling my eyes out. And there's just this one scene, and I wanted to include the audio here but I didn't because I didn't know if it was legal. And also, I just feel like, you know, you guys as grievers listening, I don't, you don't need to hear her cry the way that she cries. Like, it is, like, it is so, like, it's painful to listen to her cry. And I just, there's a scene of her being at a party and people are talking to her and she's totally zoned out, like, in another world and she goes to the bathroom to cry um, and I just was like, shit, like, I'm I'm watching myself, like, I'm watching myself on screen. Someone has, like, it's like someone followed me around with a camera and then made a movie about me. Like, I, it was painful to watch, like, and, and it wasn't like, it, like, sometimes when, when you see something that's familiar to you, it's comforting. I was disturbed. Like, I was freaking disturbed, like, to my core. Um, and I think that, you know, Like, the second, like, there's a part where she hears her boyfriend's like, yeah, we're going on a trip. And she just, like, looks at him like, you didn't even tell me that you were going on a trip. And it's like, I've been there, too. Like, I think that when you lose people, you become so, like, you can become, and I did for a minute, become so unhealthily, unhealthily is, I don't know if that's a word, but it is right now. You can become so attached to people that you kind of feel in a way that you, like, own them. Or, like, that you don't know what to do if they're not there. So she was really jealous of him leaving and, like, you know, actually right now as I'm recording this, my boyfriend's, like, a million miles away, like, in another state. And I'm so happy for him. But, like, 
if you had, if this were the situation like five years ago, I'd be like, oh my God, like, I don't know what I'm going to do tonight by myself. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a mess and I'm probably going to feel sick, even though like I wasn't sick this morning. I just know I'm going to be sick later. Just like weird shit like that. Like you just, you just like become so needy. And I don't say that in a bad way. It's like, it's a part of grief. Like it's, it's a thing and it's unhealthy. It's just unhealthy coping. And I was never happy for other people. And it's like that frustration that life goes on without you. But like at the same time, like you need someone there with you, but they, they can only be there for you so much before you have to be there for yourself. And, um, you know, there's just this other scene in the movie that's like probably an hour or so in where there's all of the all these girls are crying in a circle as she's crying and I'm like yes like I wish that I had people to cry with me like that but also at the same time the scene is so disturbingly weird and I don't know I don't suggest watching that movie but if you're feeling brave enough and you're feeling like you want to try something you can watch that movie, but, like, I do not recommend that because that was rough. Like, every person that went to the movies with us that night was, like, sincerely disturbed. Like, I was not the only person that went home bawling that night. And I really, like, when I watch a movie, I forget about it. I'll never forget that movie. And I thought about it for months. Like, months. And actually, now that I think about it, it's probably been years like, I do, there is not a day in my life that goes by where I do not think about that movie and the way that she was portrayed. Like, holy shit, like, talk about just completely watching your own self on screen and just having to sit through that and you're just trying to fight crying and you're trying to, like, and everyone's like, oh, wasn't that such a good movie? It's like, no, <laughs> like, that was awful, like, that hurt my feelings, like, that was painful, like, you think that's a good movie, like, that is my everyday fucking nightmare, like, that is my nightmare, that is not entertaining to me, like, that is a hellhole that I fucking live in, and, yeah, feelings there, but, like, swear words, they're here, um, no, really, like, that was not fun at all, okay, next movie, because that can really, um, I could talk about that movie forever. Next movie, Finding Nemo. Okay, I kind of thought this was cool. Have you ever seen Freaky Friday? When you watch it as a child, you're like, yeah, she's, she's messing up her mom's life, spending all her money, cutting her hair off, ruining her mom's relationship. When you watch it as an adult, you're like, man, this little kid is a shit. Okay, kind of same situation. When I'm watching Finding Nemo as a kid, I kind of see Marlon and Coral as a mom and a dad, but when I'm watching as an adult, I kind of see Marlon and Coral as, like, me and John and Nemo as, like, our little baby, and, um, it's weird. It's, um, either way, I feel, I really feel bad for this motherless child. So, I don't have, like, too, too much to say about this movie, but... The scene at the end where, um, not the end, but, like, you know, right before they get stuck in the net, and he's like, Nemo, Nemo, and he's like, Dad, and they hug, and they, I don't know, it just makes me cry, like, I bawl, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, like, you found his dad, and I've seen the movie, like, a hundred times, and it just gets me every time, I wish I could hug my dad, and, like, I wish that 
I could yell to my dad from across the ocean and just, I feel that on such a deep level that watching a scene like that is not about Marlon finding his son. It is about a son finding a father that he never thought he would see again. And it's like how I feel like I wish I could find my dad and I know I'm never going to see him again. And it's like I'm happy for them, but also like sad for me. And it's this weird like, <laughs> like, I don't know, it's like a weird cry, but it's also just like, I don't know, it's weird. Okay, anyway, finding Dory also like, oh my God, like I didn't watch the trailer for that. I was just like, yeah, Dory, like just keep swimming, like let's go. So, um... Literally, like, the first five minutes, she's like, hi, I'm Dory. And the dad's like, do you remember what we said about this? And she's like, no, I have short-term memory loss. And they're like, oh, honey. And she just is like, what if I forget you? Will you forget me? Like, that broke my heart. Like, what if I forget you? What if I forget you? Will you forget me? Even though she has short-term memory loss. Scratch that whole theory. Like, what if I forget you? Like, what if I forget my parents? And what if they forget me? Like, that hits like Disney. Like, you hit, you hit so deep. Like, why do you have to cut me? <laughs> but, um, she, they go, we'll never forget you. And we know you'll never forget us. And I should have stopped watching right there just because, like, at the time, like, I can watch it now, but at the time, this came out, like, maybe, I don't know, like, three years after my mom died, and I was just like, this Disney movie's hurting my feelings, <laughs> like, but, like, she's like, hi, I'm Dory, I lost my family, can you help me? And it's, like, so innocent, but it's, like, ugh, like, this poor girl, she's so lost, and... It just, like, reminded me of me just being like, hi, I'm Elise. Like, I don't have family. Like, can you help me? And just being so vulnerable. Like, she's out in the open. And these two people are like, oh, man, like, we should really help her. And he's like, no, let's pretend we didn't see her. And it's like, no, like, help her. You know, like, you gotta. And um, she's like, you know, her mom's like, sweetie, you don't need to be sorry. You just need to keep swimming. And she's like, you can remember that because we're going to write a song about it. And, and like, just the motherly love of like, it's okay. You can remember, just keep swimming. We're going to write a song about it. And like, I know I just said that, but like, it just, the, the motherly love in that sentence is like, it's going to be okay. Like, we're going to make it fun. That totally reminds me of my mom. Like my mom, anything that was frustrating, anything that was, like, hard to do or learn, she would make a song for it, or she would make it fun in some way, like, she used to rewrite every song and make it, like, about something, and I don't know, it just hit me, like, in this place where I was, like, I, I miss my mom so much, and there's just nothing like that motherly love that you get that's so unconditional, and, and it's also, too, like, yeah, Dory is struggling with this short-term memory loss, but as a kid, I struggled with ADD so much, and it was so apparent that it was an issue in my life, and my mom was just like, no, it's fine, we're gonna make it fun, we're gonna teach it to you in a different way, and it's, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna keep up with everybody, it's all good, and just, like, that confidence of just, like, you're struggling, but mama's got you, like, there, there's nothing like that love, and you don't get that when you don't have mom anymore, it's just different, and, um, you know, there's also that other scene where Dory actually 
is in the um, tank with other fish that look just like her. And they're like, oh my God, Dory, is that you? And it like feels so good. Like I feel like I'm Dory and I feel like people that knew my family know me. And like, it just feels so good to be seen and known by people that are familiar to you or people that knew your parents or people that are just like, whoa, like you're a Parkinson. Like, wow. Like I grew up with them. Like just things like that. Like people that knew the people that you loved and you knew, but then they're like, you see Dory, when fish don't come back, they're gone. And it just like reminded me of, you know, when my dad died and my mom had to like explain to me that my dad was like not coming back and that death is like permanent and and it's like there's really no other way to explain that like it's it's hard to accept that and and just being in a situation where you have to be told like like you see they're they're not coming back like they're gone like that's it like Oh, it broke my freaking heart. And it's just a Disney movie. Like, why Disney? Why do you do this to me? And there's also another part where, you know, she hears all this echoing and she breathes crazy and she doesn't hear everybody. And she's like, I don't have a family. I'm all alone. And she's kind of going crazy in her head. And it just kind of reminds me of having so much anxiety in your head when you kind of, I don't know, have to relive a moment. Or you realize something that's really shocking, like your brain just overflows with just so many thoughts and memories and just craziness. And I don't know, like I was scared. I was scared that she wasn't going to find them and I was scared that they were really gone. And then at the end of the movie, she ends up remembering something that reminds her of them. And then she finds her parents and they're not dead. And it's that same freaking thing with Marlon and Nemo. And and Dory and her parents, like, she finds them, and it's that, like, oh my god, like, I wish I could find my mom and dad again, like, I just, like, long for that moment of just being reconnected with them, and it's just, it's a feeling unlike any other, like, you're so happy, and you're so sad at the same time. I guess I'll move on to the next movie, so I'm gonna talk about The Parent Trap next. Basically, this movie is a movie that I grew up watching a lot. Like, I love this movie, you know, it's with the one with Lindsay Lohan. I don't really watch the other one, but the one with Lindsay Lohan, you know, there's just this one specific scene that always gets me, and it's like her and her mom are in bed, and she's like, the mom's like, Annie, Annie, and she's like, where's Annie? And Annie's like, in Napa with her father. And she, like, pulls over the covers, and she's like, you're not Annie? And she's like, no, I'm Hallie, actually. Annie and I switched places. And it's like her mom is seeing her daughter for the first time. And and since she was born, like, she's seeing her daughter for the first time. And this daughter is, like, realizing that her mom finally sees her for who she is and, like, loves her. And there's just so much love. And I'm just like, man, I, I miss my mom loving me like that. Um, and there's other scenes in that movie that do that too, but like that one really sticks out to me a lot where it's like her learning. And then even the part, um, where Chessie learns, the, the housekeeper nanny, where she learns that Hallie's actually Annie. Oh, oh, that gets me too. It's just like, there's nothing like that love. Like, I just love, I don't know. I just love it. If you haven't seen it, that'll probably make you cry. Um, okay. And then also, um... I'm going to talk about La La Land. This one is very special, near and dear to my heart. It is also a movie that I did not watch the trailer for. So when they started busting out in a musical, I kind of looked at John like, aren't you serious? This is what we're watching. Okay. 
Um, but it's pretty theatrical. And lo and behold, my mom used to be an actress. She worked um, in the drama group for a lot of my childhood. She was a lead in many plays. You know, she always was an actress. And so was my, um, her stepsister, Dana. They grew up together, being in plays together. Um, they were really good. And this movie also happens to be a lot about jazz, which my um, mom's dad, Sorrel, he was a jazz drummer, and he actually um, was told by Gene Krupa, who is one of the best jazz drummers, that my grandpa has a better left hand than he'll ever have, which is pretty cool. And my grandpa was actually supposed to, like, go on TV and be this, like, big famous person, but his parents were like, no, you're going to be a pharmacist. And then that went the way it went. <laughs> um, but my mom, like, she would, she was into dancing and tap dancing, and it was her dream to be famous. And, like, I... There were so many emotions I had, like, the main emotion being that I knew my mom would love this movie and she couldn't watch it, and she'll never get to see it, um, and she would have loved it, and there are scenes where, you know, Emma Stone is tap dancing and singing, and I'm just like, God, my mom would love this play so much, this movie, and it just reminded me so much of her, and it's also a, a story about a woman trying to become famous and trying to make it in the world as an actress, which is something that so many actresses do. And people that are in plays, like, I mean, they dream of being famous. I mean, I mean, people that aren't even in plays dream of being famous. And it's just this realistic love story about two people that are trying to make it in the world. And, and one of them does and the other one's like makes it in their own other way. But like, it just reminded me so much of her. And then there's this song at the end that she sings about her aunt. And that movie, that song just, like, crushed my soul. <laughs> like, I was sobbing. And we left the movie theater, and I was so embarrassed. Like, um, my boyfriend was like, what's wrong? Like, I thought you were liking the movie. And I was like, I do like it a lot. Like, I love the movie. It just reminds me so much of my mom. And, like, there's just so much in here. Like, I'm just so sad. Like, I wish I could... I wish I could watch it with her, and I wish that she could see it, like, she would have loved it, and all the music, it just reminds me of her, and all the jazz, and just, like, I don't have that anymore in my life, like, I don't have a family anymore that, like, stands around the piano and sings, and, you know, like, I had a musical family, like, I don't have that anymore, like, no one is a musical family member with me anymore, like, I don't have that, I don't, like, have that kind of, like, theatrical little whimsical character in my life anymore that was my mom like so I don't know that movie just hit me in the craziest way like sometimes I watch it to make me happy and sometimes I watch it because I know I need to cry and it does both of those things for me equally but um I think the important thing to notice when you're watching movies is actually how does this movie affect you and does it bring up a specific emotion in you? Is it loss? Is it jealousy? Is it, you know, is it comfort? Are you sad? Do you, did you feel uncomfortable when someone said a certain thing? Like, you have so much to learn from the way that these movies make you feel about yourself. So, um, I think there's a lot of growth that you can actually learn when watching a movie. Um, I think, honestly, like, there have been so many movies where I'm like, oh shit, like I didn't know I struggled with this until I kind of sat back and watched this and felt like shit for a week. But like, I, I encourage you to watch those things, but also like protect yourself. But if you are gonna 
watch and, you know, if you watch, I think I'm really just trying to defend that I don't want to be the reason you have a bad time watching Midsummer. But if you watch Midsummer, um, let it be a learning lesson or just don't watch it because it's damaging to the soul. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about movies. I, um, I might touch on it again in the future, but I kind of just wanted to lay out, like, a general, um, psychological response to movies rather than a, um, psychosomatic, like, body reaction to movies, because I have talked a lot about triggers, so if you haven't listened to the episode on triggers, that would be more about what movies can do to you and your body and anxiety and just, like, feeling levels of stress, but uh, I kind of just wanted to take a more psychological approach with this episode and just kind of talk about, like, what you're seeing on screen and how it translates to your own feelings. But next episode, I'm going to be talking about long-term death, which is basically when you watch someone in front of you dying for, you know, an extended period of time. It's it's something that wasn't a surprise. It wasn't like, oh my god, my dad died last night and I didn't know it was coming. This would be something where, you know, someone has been diagnosed with a chronic illness or maybe they've been struggling in some type of way with, like, dementia or, you know, just, like, random things that affect your quality of living or um, situations that require a caretaker. So um, I'm going to be talking about long-term death, which kind of was covered in my caregiving episode, but I'm going to be talking about it as um, a psychological approach as well, just to like how it affects you and how watching someone in front of you can be a process that you actually start grieving before they're gone, which um, I think is something that a lot of people don't always see. They have, um, I've been around a lot of people that have questioned, like, how have you been able to move on so fast? And it's like, well, you see, like, when someone is dying in front of you, like, you start to grieve their loss before they pass away. And people are very judgmental about that. Um, but it's a real thing. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it with my brother. I've seen it with my boyfriend's mom, even. Um, it's, it's a thing that happens when you're caring for someone and you know that they're going to pass. It's a part of acceptance. And, um, I just want to talk about it because I think that it's not talked about enough. So that will be next episode, long-term death. And then the episode after that will be about short-term death, which, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to cover these two topics because they are so uniquely different and they do hit you in certain ways. So, If you have any questions about today's episode or if you want to share your story of what happened when you watched a certain movie or if you want me to watch a certain movie and tell you how I feel about it, I'm happy to do that too. So um, you can message me on Instagram. That is the best way to contact me. That is the No Parents Podcast on Instagram. And then Facebook is the No Parents Podcast as well. Or you can email me at the No Parents Podcast at gmail.com. And I will see you guys next week for Long Term Death.